0: And our panelist is the esteemed Lou uh, Jacobson. He is a senior correspondent for Political Fact, which, uh, which facts checks all of the statements in politics. They keep our politicians up on their toes, making sure that they have the correct information when they're presenting it to us. Also, uh, today's discussion will be uh, Lou Jacobson's Kaiser Health News article. If you haven't read that, go and read it. It's a dose of hope, facts-checking President Biden's uh, first speech to Congress. So they actually looked at Joe Biden's speech and broke it down and made sure uh, whether these facts were being sp- uh, spoken correctly. He also um, looked at the uh, rebuttal fra- by a Republican, uh, Tim Scott, uh, to what his response was. So welcome, welcome, Lou. We are so pleased and happy to have you on. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, great. Yeah, so go, go, tell us a little bit more about this. What was your view of uh, President Biden's uh, speech?
1: Sure. Well, you know, when you have speeches like this um, mm-hmm. uh to a joint session of Congress, they're uh generally called the State of the Union, but they're not during the first year of the president. Mm-hmm. Um they uh they're uh generally very carefully written. Um they're gone over lots of times. Um, uh, multiple uh, uh, um, people in the White House will look, look over to make sure everything's correct. So, uh, you know, in our experience, in fact, checking these these sorts of addresses um, are relatively accurate. It doesn't mean they're perfect, um, but it's not as if they're sort of ad-libbing and going on TV uh, and sort of um, uh, sh- shooting from the hip. They, they are, uh, you know, reading a prepared speech um, that's been gone over a lot, for for factual accuracy so it was pretty 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 good in terms of accuracy now um... that doesn't mean that there aren't some exaggerations or some spinning that goes on um... one one good example um, is one of the things that uh... that the president said he said that the economy created more than one point three million new jobs in the first hundred days which is more new jobs in the first hundred days than any president on record so okay. i looked at that uh, the data is available um, and I found that's accurate. Uh, actually, the second-best wow. record was Jimmy Carter back in 77. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, and Obama, who came in in the, uh, in the depths of the Great Recession in, in uh, 2009, um, had the worst record uh, in terms of jobs created or lost in their first 100 days. Um, so in terms, of the, uh, of the, in terms of the mathematical question, it's accurate. Um, what it doesn't uh, tell you is that um, – Uh, given the large number of jobs lost um, uh, during uh, 2020 due due, due, due to the virus and the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, we're still 6.72 million jobs below what it was uh, prior to the pandemic. So we've definitely made a big leap, uh, you know, forward of 1.3 million new jobs, but we still got 6.72 million to go. Um, So -hmm. uh, so for for that point, Biden was, uh, you know, accurate, but he was kind of leaving out um, some crucial context.
0: Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, President Jimmy Carter. He was the first president I voted for. I love that man. Oh. <laughs> I, I love what he did.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, he, he just um, got to meet with President Biden a, a few days ago. Oh, yes. Okay, great. 90-something.
0: <laughs> yeah, an incredible person. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, so that is a really uh, an important fact because one of the other things he was talking about was this infrastructure plan and rebuilding and you know the green economy and get, you know bringing jobs in. So do you think that that is do you think that is going to uh, move forward or what's the, what's the fact checking on that?
1: Well, actually, for that um, we can turn turn to Senator Tim Scott who gave the. GOP response uh, to to the speech, Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, let me get to his exact wording here. Um, So he said, Republicans support everything you think of when you think of infrastructure, roads, bridges, ports, airports, waterways, high-speed broadband. We're all in for all that. Less than 6% of the president's plan goes to roads and bridges, Senator Tim Scott said. Um, so that is misleading. Um, okay. It is true that in President Biden's infrastructure proposal, which, by the way, isn't a bill yet. It hasn't. Uh, it's still under negotiation. And so we're, we're not sure what ultimately will be in it But based on what um, the two parties kind of agree agreed to go forward with. But um, okay. uh, the, it's a $2.65 trillion bill over um, Uh, over, uh, I believe it's 15 years, um, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of money. Um, And certainly that bill um, included some things that were not traditionally considered infrastructure, uh, particularly um, things like, I believe, home health care, an expansion of that. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. But one of the major Republican talking points critical of this is they're saying, Look, you're spending all this money, and so little of it is for roads and bridges. Well, that's true. Six percent of the president's plan is specifically for roads and bridges, but there's actually quite a lot in his plan also that is different types of infrastructure, which uh, the GOP talking point is basically down downplaying um, and lowballing. Low um, the president's bill. sorry proposal i should say uh includes funding for transit um uh at 85 billion passenger and freight rail 80 billion airports 25 billion ports and waterways 17 billion um, protecting critical infrastructure um, for land and water resources 50 billion high-speed internet 100 billion power infrastructure that's electric grid 100 billion and drinking water supply system upgrades 111 billion Um, If you put it all together, that's um, about 26 percent of the bill, uh, or $683 billion. Um, So that's about four times more than Senator Scott uh, said. So he he was technically accurate when he said that uh, 6 percent is just roads and bridges, but other types of infrastructure, including the stuff that Senator Scott himself in his speech said, um, uh, things like ports, airports, waterways, broadband, Mm -hmm. um, are in there, and he didn't count that on that 6 percent.
0: Oh, boy, <laughs> that's a lot to leave out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you
0: know, and, you know, you were saying uh, that, that it was uh, about six um, 6 million, to, you know, between 6 and 7 million people out of work still. How, how, you know, do you think that with the economy, with uh, people mobilizing more, uh, now we have this uh, vaccination rate uh, nationwide, I believe it's about 30, uh, 30 to 35 percent of people have been vaccinated. Do you think that that is going to turn the corner for him um, and, and with this new infrastructure plan, it sounds like those things might be moving in the right direction.
1: So the early signs are very positive in terms of the coronavirus vaccination program. Um, yes, it is um, slowing down. It's not, um, it's not advancing at the rate um, that it was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, but um, the numbers um, still um, are, are quite significant, the numbers of people who have gotten their first uh, and or second vaccination. Um, when I talked to experts, uh, they said that um, the, uh, one, of, one of the biggest accomplishments um, of the Biden administration so far um, is not necessarily even the specific bills that have been passed or the executive orders that have been signed, but um, just sort of uh, the sense of, of uh, competence um, and uh, the ability to get the vaccination program done Um, It's not to say that we wouldn't have been, uh, uh, you know, sort of ahead of the game um, if he hadn't been elected president, but he's helped, uh, according to the public health people who I've spoken to. Um, And the key to getting the economy back is to to get people vaccinated and uh, to get the pandemic under control. Um, So it's uh, the signs so far are good. The statistics um, show, you know, job growth, um, uh, growth in uh, GDP, gross domestic product, um, in the first quarter, um, thing, things are looking, uh, you know, positive. Um, even before you get to the bills that he signed, including the basically $1.9 trillion um, spending bill that, that the president um, signed a couple months ago, um, uh, which is going to put, put a fair amount of money in, into the economy and already in fact, has with the stimulus checks, uh, $1,400 st- stimulus checks uh, per like household up to a certain limit. Um, so um, uh, thing- things looking positive. You never know exactly what direction it's going to go. Um, right. Right. But uh, so far, so good. And now it's just a question, can we um, get the number of jobs back up to that so, uh, 6.74 um, uh, sorry, million number um, that it's still lower than the uh, – uh, point prior to the pandemic.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because one of the other things you mentioned was that uh, since we're talking about the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, it was, you said that when I was, uh, this is from uh, President Biden, when I was sworn in on January 20th, less than 1% of seniors in America were fully vaccinated uh, against COVID-19. 100 days later, 70% of seniors over 65 are protected senior uh, deaths from covid-19 are down 80% since january but you 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 had uh, you know analyzed that so what were your uh, takeaway points on that
1: yeah i mean um uh, uh certainly um uh you could say that um that even if biden hadn't been elected president you know could could trump have accomplished that um mm-hmm. yeah probably mm-hmm. um uh it may not have been been quite as fast it might not have been quite as certain to happen um you can never sort of rerun the experiment and try a different president in charge um but uh in a sort of um uh in speaking to the sort of public health experts who we regularly check in with um they do sense um uh, a sense of purpose and uh, uh, sort of competence um, in the Biden administration, um, and uh, it seems that he, he and his team should get at least some some credit uh, for the achievements that, that have been 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 done.
0: Yes, and and you might also mention something about the Americans uh, who have signed up for the Affordable Care Act, um, and wh- what is that about? It sounds like he has another enrollment period.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, he. Um, he did, as president, create a special enrollment period, um, and it started February 15th and runs through August 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, uh, 528,000 Americans enrolled in coverage since that date, February 15th, um, and uh, um, that's a bit smaller than the 800,000. Um, but uh, um, it's possible that that number has grown since the last official numbers were Uh, put put forward so certainly it's in the six figures it's at least half a million it may not be 800,000 but um, it's pretty close as far as we can tell
0: yeah and and he had also you know uh, compared the um, you know the recession uh, during the coronavirus pandemic to the great depression Uh, how historically how does that fit in and is it true
1: Sure. So um, he said the recession caused by the coronavirus pandemic was quote the worst uh, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. So he's not saying it's worse than the Great Depression. He's saying it's the worst one since then. And um, mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic, um, most people who study this sort of thing agree that the that the Great Recession, which came between 2007 and 2009, about a decade ago. That um, that was considered the worst one since the Great Depression. So the question, if you're going to compare them all, is is the current um, a sort of pandemic recession, uh, you know, how does that compare to to the Great Recession of a decade ago? Um, and um, uh, at least on the two major metrics that uh, that I guess economists tend to use to compare these things, one is the unemployment rate, um, and the peak unemployment rate for the Great Recession a decade ago was 10% but the peak unemployment rate was 14.8% higher wow. uh, in April of 2020, which was the first full month after the pandemic hit. So that was bigger in the, in the current recession. Um, and the quarterly decline in gross domestic product um, in the fourth quarter of 2008, which was the worst of the great recession, it was 8.4%. Um, and in the uh, pandemic, uh, it was um, in the worst quarter for that, which is the second quarter of 2020, um, it was 31.4%. It's so almost four times bigger. Now, it did jump back as things started to open up. Um, so, so it's not a cl- uh, totally clean comparison. But in terms of the, of the worst of it, um, it uh, uh, did show the highest rates of unemployment um, and of gross domestic product loss since the Great Depression in the 1930s.
0: Oh, boy. Incredible. Uh, yep. What about uh, you know Senator Tim Scott and the uh, Republican response? He started mentioning, uh, and it was kind of a little bit of a shift uh, when he started talking about the schools and you know school reopenings. Um, what can you tell us about that? I, you know, I was trying to figure out how that fit in with everything.
1: Yeah, so um, Scott's statement uh, about what the science has shown is generally accurate, but it does admit. Uh, sorry, it does omit. Um, um, what uh, uh, what some of the experts in public health have been saying um, about uh, sort of implementing infection uh, control precautions. Um, uh, it's true that there have been um, uh, uh, been lots of examples of large public school districts with very few cases of COVID, um, uh, but. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, schools ha- have uh, you know, increasingly open for in-person instruction, um, but there's still a lot that mean virtual. Um, so as of April 19th, according to the data that we found, 4% of districts are fully remote, 47% of districts are fully in-person, and 48% of districts are offering some type of hybrid instruction. Oh, okay. um, so, uh, you know, it's sort of a mixed bag. It's a large country. A lot of different school districts have taken um, different, different paths to, to, to sort of address how they should go back, how soon they should go back. Um, uh, uh, and so, and some, some, frankly, have made different decisions. Um, but the science, generally speaking, shows that it's relatively safe for schools to open up again.
0: Oh, yes. F- fantastic. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I, you know, always, because I'm I've actually, I was a former director for uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health, and uh, so I'm helping them now with the, the COVID-19 response, you know, as a volunteer because I'm working for a different company now. Uh, so uh-huh. I, I, you know, look at that. And uh, one of the things that I'm concerned about is that, you know, it's not just the kids, but I'm hoping that if we get the seniors uh, vaccinated, because about 98% of the deaths in Illinois have been from uh, people who are 50 years old and older. And one of the the, the concerns is that this includes business uh, uh, people. This includes uh, people who are, um, you know, clergy, uh, you know, who are in the ecumenical uh, realm uh, with churches and synagogues and mosques. uh, And it also includes uh, teachers and schools. It includes crossing guards and people who do things for us every day, the person bagging your groceries, you know, uh, that's helping you. And. So we've lost a you know, significant number of people, and when I look at the, uh, the implications of you know, children potentially bringing it home to their parents, that's one of the concerns I have. That's, that's why we really are pushing for people to vaccinate themselves uh, to make sure they're protecting themselves.
1: Definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, I've got two kids myself. One is 17. Yeah. Today we just got um, her second uh, vaccination. Um, oh, so uh, she's fully vaccinated now. Uh, well, she, she will be in two, two weeks or so. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I have a son who's um, 13, and so we can't get him vaccinated yet. Yeah. So so there are things that we can't do, even though I would be able to go out uh, to, like, sporting events with him, you know, professional sporting events. Uh, I've, I've got to wait until um, – uh, kids who who are that old um, are are formally cleared to get the vaccine. That hasn't happened yet, so it has complicated kind of our planning on on so, summer so, summer activities and so forth.
0: Yeah, and you know, and, and, and I don't know with the, with the uh, you know with uh, Politico, you're you know checking things all the time, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah. have you seen anything change in the, in the realm of the media or how uh, things are sort of coming across? Uh, because uh, we went through a time period where the media seemed to be going through as much transformation as the as the general uh, you know community right and the uh, the general public in in uh, the country with this pandemic and with uh, the prior administration and those kinds of things. Are you seeing things changing uh, through your lens?
1: So, in some ways, yes. I mean, um, uh, we. Um, Check all politicians of both parties aggressively, um, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a difference between how President Trump kind of ran his White House and his presidency and the way that Biden does. Um, Biden says less, um, he, and what he says tends to be a little bit more hairful, uh, carefully um, uh, uh, fact-checked uh, you know, ahead of time. It doesn't mean uh, he's perfect. He, mm-hmm. We've given him half-truths, mostly falses and falses, uh, especially <laughs> when he does speak off yes. the cuff. Um, But um, the contrast with President Trump is pretty stark uh, in that President Trump talked a lot. He talked at a lot of, uh, 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 you know, sessions with sort of, you know, assembled reporters saying a lot of things, um, shot from the hip a lot in what he said, um, and sometimes spoken in a way that was a little bit difficult uh, to gather what what he was saying. um, So he wasn't so, like, precise. Um, or would go back and forth between saying one thing and saying the opposite within the, uh, uh, the same sentence or the same paragraph. Um, so that, so we did end up fact-checking just sort of numerically a lot more of what President Trump said than what we um, are doing for, uh, for, for the president now. Um, I see, I see. We would love to fact-check the president more, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, types of things he says are Sometimes you know either opinions or predictions or descriptions of things that he's going to do, um, and aren't really subject to fact checking. Um, so that's different. The thing that's the same is we also do a lot of fact checking of um, of uh, social media. Um, we fact check a lot on Facebook, yes. even TikTok, um, a lot on Twitter. Um, and there's a whole discussion out there um, of questionable. Um, information being spread on social media, Um, and that is pretty much the same as it was. I haven't seen a dramatic difference in terms of the quantity um, uh, since we came into a new presidency. Um, uh, We did see a lot of, uh, you know, misinformation, um, particularly during the pandemic, um, about vaccines, uh, and even before that, about, uh, you know, testing and what the what what the virus can do to you and how you can catch the virus and masks and so forth. Um, and that was very widely read on our site because people, you know, needed information on that. And that's continued. Uh, you know, the nature of it has sh- shifted a little bit. There's more on vaccines because we have vaccines now when we didn't before. Um, but there's just as much, uh, you know, bad information out there um, mm-hmm. on social media as there was before.
0: I'm so glad you said that. Uh, there's a lot of fraud, waste, abuse, and... Um, you know uh, misinformation and disinformation yeah. that's out there, yeah. and I, yep. I, you know when when Politifact came on the scene, I remember you know it was uh, you know several years ago, but when you first yeah. came on the scene. I said it was like a sigh of relief I had. I said, "Yes, <laughs> finally, we can find something <laughs> yeah. out whether it's true or not." And so yeah, I'm exactly I really that. I'm a, a great fan of uh, yours, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think you're doing a phenomenal <laughs> job. Um, Thank you so much. And and when you were saying that, you know, you don't know whether you have enough things to check. Uh, you, you, one of the comments you had in there was that he, uh, the uh, you know the president urged Congress to 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 start looking at things like you know, a variety of measures, including gun control and immigration yeah. and frozen progress for decades. I think you have a yeah. lot to be fact-checking coming up.
1: There is never a <laughs> shortage of information, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, you know, if anything, we could have a staff, uh, you know, five, ten times the size of the staff we have and still and still have a lot of stuff to fact-check every day.
0: Uh, so where can people go to see PolitiFact? Uh, just, you know, so
1: we are at mm-hmm. uh, the website politifact.com, P-O-L-I-T-I-F-A-C-T.com. Um, and we have about a dozen staffers um, all, all around the country contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we publish uh, close to 10 new fact checks a day yes. on a variety of topics. <laughs> some, some, again, are uh, things on social media and some are statements by politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, and we give um, both a truth rating, uh, which, which ranges from true to mostly true to half true, Mostly false, false, and pants on a fire. That's a six-point love your scale. I love
0: your rating skill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, pants on fire is a fun. Um, and then, uh, um, but then in addition to just giving that rating, we, we basically write a full article explaining why we gave it that rating. And the articles yes. always have links within them and a source list uh, at the end, which explains uh, you know, where, where we got the information from. So that if somebody reads our story and is and like, hmm, I disagree with that rating, they can, they can actually click directly into the same sources that we looked at in putting it together um, and can, can, can sort of see, see, see for themselves.
0: Yeah, I, I wish we could uh, vote on having a congressional seat for PolitiFact in the congressional <laughs> meetings. <laughs> that would be ideal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that would be, uh, ideal. <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be nice. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thank you so much. I, I, I encourage yeah, people you. to go to politifact.com uh, and Lou uh, Jacobson, uh, senior correspondent for PolitiFact, which fact-checks statements in politics. Uh, we owe you a debt of gratitude as uh, veterans and as ci- uh, citizens within this country, and as people who live within this country. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. And uh, we have great. got thank to have you, have so you so back much for having on again. Me. <laughs> great.
1: Okay. So- sounds good. Thanks so much.
0: Okay. Stay with us. Stay with us. We are moving on to our next segment, and we want you here. A lot of great information and a lot of things you can do. You veterans who are out there, stay. Keep your boots on and stay with us.